listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 201. CM Punk continued to make the rounds during his return to WWE, including a stop at the stacked NXT Deadline Show. Storm Grayson cemented himself as a heel in freelance wrestling with a pipe bomb style promo after a great freelance world championship defense against Sandra Moon this past weekend. Plus, we welcome in someone who recently made the transition from mixed martial arts into pro wrestling, Southland Championship Wrestling Prospect, Apex. You'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC Frank the Clown here, and you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Well, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. (laughs) Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service noticed with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates that fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. Back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, it was a great weekend of wrestling action, locally and nationally, and I'm going to start off with NXT's Deadline, the premium live event on WWE Network. Great show once again for NXT. NXT is definitely a pleasure of mine. I love watching the week-to-week shows of these younger, kind of hungry, rising prospects in the WWE ladder, and to start the show, we had Shawn Michaels in the ring, and... CM Punk comes out, and they had a fun exchange. Punk takes a selfie with Sean after a really cool kind of back and forth between them. I've been enjoying the hell out of this CM Punk return over the last couple of weeks. He also had a great appearance on SmackDown last Friday night. And I'm very excited for Royal Rumble season and WrestleMania season as we get along. And does CM Punk finally win the Royal Rumble and get a main event spot at WrestleMania 40? And now on to Deadline. For the NXT North American Championship, Dragon Lee with Rey Mysterio in his corner pins Dirty Dominic Mysterio to win the championship. And in a shock of all shocks, no members of the Judgment Day were on hand. Not even Mommy, Rhea Ripley, was there to help out Dirty Dom. Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. And I'm 
kind of love these matches. This is the second year in a row they've done these in December. 25 minutes, kind of like a gauntlet style, point style system with a penalty box. And in the women's challenge, Blair Davenport defeats Tiffany Stratton, Lash Legend, Kalani Jordan, and Fallon Henley to earn an NXT Women's Championship match against Lyra Valkyria at New Year's Evil. Valkyria comes to the ramp to face Davenport, but but one of my favorite moments of the evening was Chicago's own Cora Jade making her return to NXT, attacking Valkyria, laying her out, and then holding up the NXT Women's Championship belt. Welcome back, Cora Jade. And then, in a one-on-one match, Carmelo Hayes pins Lexus King, FKA Brian Pillman Jr. And in the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge, the ridiculous momentum of Trick Williams continues in NXT as he pulls out the victory. Trick Williams scores four falls in the final two minutes to defeat Dijak, Josh Briggs, Braun Breaker, and Tyler Bate to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship at New Year's Evil. In a steel cage match, Kiana James pins Roxanne Perez after Izzy Dane provided a distraction. And in the main event, the NXT Champion Ilya Dragunov defeats Baron Corbin by pinfall. Moving on to local wrestling this past weekend, Dreamwave had a double shot, a two-for-one Friday night, they had an all-women show, and then Saturday night, they had Good as Gold at the Knights of Columbus, and a couple of highlights from the Good as Gold show. For the Dreamwave Championship, Old Evil Christian Rose defeats Hartenbauer in a no-disqualification match to retain the title, and then Wild Child Kyler Hopkins of Those Damn Coyotes won the Good as Gold Rumble match. So, do two Coyotes go face-to-face for the title in the coming months? Does Wild Child Connor Hopkins cash in against Christian Rose? That ought to be interesting. And this past Saturday night, December the 9th, Freelance Wrestling presented three counts at Freelance at Logan Square Auditorium. This was a fun show. I was able to sit down and check this out over the weekend in IWTV. And in the opening scramble match, my guy, one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, defeats Danny B, Alfonso Gonzalez, Freelance Tag Team Champion Laney, Wind Dragon, and Robbie Reeves when Latrell pins Wind Dragon following a flagrant two, aka an end of days. For the Freelance Underground Championship, and this is where it got really interesting, Dan the Dad knocks off the champion Shane Mercer with James Russo by a disqualification after Russo interfered in the match pulling out referee Ned Baker as Dan the Dead was pinning Mercer following a baby on board, a.k.a. the backpack stunner. And after the match, Russo low blows Dan the Dead. Mercer then attacks Dan the Dead. And our hero, Craig Mitchell, comes in for the save. But look out here. He ends up attacking Dan the Dead and giving him a trapper keeper, a.k.a. a package pile driver, before Matt Nix came out and questioned Mitchell's tactics. After shoving Nix, Mitchell ends up walking out with Russo and Mercer. Wow. And then in a one-on-one grudge match, Ellie Catch defeats GPA following a heat seeker after Laney was ejected by ref DJ Hansen for interfering. And for the IWTV Tag Team Championships, 
Miracle Generation defeat Bang and Matthews in a frenetic match. Davy Bang takes this ridiculous Canadian destroyer while he was on August Matthews' shoulders as they were setting up for a Spears Tower. And then Matthews was pinned after a superplex frog splash combo akin to power and glory in the early 90s. That was the WWE tag team of Hercules and Paul Roma. And that's a very underrated finish too and a very cool finish. I remember that being kind of cool at the time and Miracle Generation pulls it off here to a T. And then after intermission, we had Cota Hernandez pinning Coco Lane after a drill bit in a really good match. And then for the Freelance Legacy Championship, Darren Corbin pins Chico Suave to retain following a ginger snap. Now, following the match, Chico Suave was attacked by a masked man who then fled the scene. Apparently, this masked man has been coming after Chico a couple of different times. He also had attacked at the last Emporium show a few weeks ago as well. So, who is this masked man? Could he be a derelict? We'll see. And then for the Freelance World Championship, Storm Grayson retains the title, pinning Sandra Moon following a knee trigger. And this was really good stuff. Great match. Storm Grayson has just been so good in the ring the last couple of years. And now he's embracing the hate as a heel. He came out in new ring attire with new music. And after the match, he cut sort of a pipe bomb promo totally cementing himself as a heel. And here's a little bit of what he had said. I'm going to go paraphrase a little bit of it and kind of just let everybody know what he had to say. It pisses me off to hear people like you who haven't accomplished anything judge me for what I'm willing to do to hold on to the title, meaning the Freelance World Championship. I get the appeal of the underdog champion. I get the appeal of the common man. But I am not and will not ever be the underdog again. I think that means we've outgrown each other, meaning Storm and the audience and the fans. When I was five years old, watching Jeff Hardy dive off ladders, I wasn't dreaming of participation trophies. And he boasts when he got into wrestling school 10 years ago that he wanted to be the greatest champion that ever lived. And then back to what he was saying, when this company was in the middle of a pandemic and on the brink of bankruptcy, it was me. It was my moment. It was my main event that sold this building out and kept the company afloat. And instead of appreciating me for it, you want to hate me for it. But you should be thanking Christ that you have someone like me because whether you know it or not, each and every single one of you are witnessing history. I'm probably going to be long gone from this place before you'll ever learn to appreciate what you had in me. But one day, you are all going to look back and understand that. You are looking at the greatest freelance wrestling world champion that ever lived. Amen. Great promo by Storm Grayson. I know the seeds were planted by the fans criticizing his Naperville residency and booing him for that. And the the fans from the city kind of just crapping on Storm Grayson being from the suburbs. And you saw the kind of transition over the last few weeks. More heel tendencies, more heel tactics. This just put the cherry on top. Storm Grayson is now heel at the top of freelance wrestling. This kid has gotten so good the last couple of years. He's been a guest here on Windy City Slam podcast a couple of times in that period. And he's really grown up. This kid is ready 
to make it big and make some serious money somewhere very, very soon and sooner than you think. Awesome freelance show. And if you have never checked out Freelance, get on down to either Logan Square Auditorium or check them out on IWTV.live, which is what I do, and enjoy Freelance Wrestling. Sunday, December the 10th, Second in Wrestling presented their second anniversary show, Second in Command, at the Bernard Wenger JCC in Northbrook. A couple of highlights from this show. For the Second Wrestling Championship, NWA star Missa Kate with Aries Creed in her corner, retains the championship over Billy Starks. And then also, Jack Cartwheel defeated Darren Corbin, and then Rabbi Jeremy Fine put Corbin in a match versus former WWE and NWA star, one half of the Powers of Pain, Warlord. And Corbin also lost to him. So, Rabbi Fine getting a level of revenge on Darren Corbin for being a pain in his side, and for that ginger snap that he delivered to him last year. Upcoming this weekend, a few events around the region. Friday night, December the 15th, ICW Milwaukee presents the Insane Christmas Party at The Bar in West Allis. And Saturday, December the 16th, battle-tested wrestling and Frontline Pro combine for Contact at the Salvation Army in Oak Creek, Wisconsin, just south of Milwaukee. And then Saturday night, December the 16th, Southland Championship Wrestling presents Christmas Bash at Steam Hollow Brewing Company in Mantino. This will be the final wrestling show at Steam Hollow as they will be closing up shop at the end of the year. And this show features this week's Windy City Slam podcast guest Apex taking on Matt Dewar. And for the SCW Genesis Championship, Miles Mercer defends against JPH. SCW Women's Championship, Angel defends against Shauna Reed. SCW Tag Team Championship, Dysfunction defending against Midhux O'Bannon. And Irish Carbomb, Sean Mulligan. Acid Jazz faces Benny Vargas. Monster 747 takes on an opponent to be determined. And you will also see Marche Rocket, Sharpshooter James Creed, and SCW Champion Aaron Xavier on this show. Sunday, December the 17th, Ileana Pro Wrestling presents Captain's Fall at the VFW Post 311 in Richton Park. This will be C-Red's final match as he is part of the Captain's Fall inside a steel cage. C-Red the Captain leads a team of Marche Rocket, Miles Mercer, and a mystery partner against Damian Gray, Wade Evans, Mikey Peterson, and DP3. Also Sunday evening, December the 17th, Gali Lucha Libre presents Noche Bandolero, a night for Bandolero at DuPage Soccer next to Foreman Mills in Villa Park. All right, momentarily, we're going to welcome in Southland Championship Wrestling Prospect, the top of the food chain, Apex. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, J. 
Jordan Cross here, live at the Cross Hop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. Back here on Windy City Slam podcast this week. Very excited to have on for the very first time. We welcome on in someone who's recently made the transition from mixed martial arts into pro wrestling. Southland Championship Wrestling Prospect, the top of the food chain, Apex. Apex, how you doing? Pretty good today, Mike. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely. You were a wrestling fan growing up, but then you decided to get into mixed martial arts, and you've toiled in MMA for most of your adult life, probably the last 10 to 15 years or so. So what is your athletic background, and how did you get into MMA? Uh, athletic background actually started pretty young. I had, and this is crazy, but I was super into Power Rangers, uh, growing up. That was when that first got started. Jason David Frank was one of my heroes growing up. Uh, I admired his background and I wanted to go learn Kung Fu. Uh, my parents gave me the option. Do you want to be a boy scout? Or do you want to learn how to defend yourself? I, ch I chose, I wanted to learn how to defend myself. So we rolled with that. I did that till probably my early teens didn't really go far in the belts i won a few tournaments a couple state opportunities for that i dabbled with the the taekwondo class that happened before my class and my instructor they shared the same place so i was able to kind of like start learning different styles that way unfortunately my great-grandmother who helped raise me passed away when i was 12 just kind of stopped stopped around that time and i was looking for kind of a void to fill Nobody told me uh, about high school wrestling, uh, wrestling in general. I didn't know. I was a WWE fan, WWF fan, WCW fan, you name it. I watched it, and we just we didn't. I didn't know there was something in wrestling in high school. So freshman year, I was a you know chunky kid at that point. You know, film passes away. I guess you go through different aspects of your life, and probably five. Five five, a hundred and sixty pounds, uh, just not in a flattering way. Lost a ton of weight my freshman year, and next thing you know, I mustered that courage to to go out for wrestling sophomore year after I discovered it freshman year. Took on to it quickly. Sophomore year though, I won I think one match that whole year. Uh, it did not go well. I was quick learner, but just not did not win. Now junior year. I came out 5-0 and starting on the junior varsity, and tragedy struck, and I shattered my ankle. So lost all the rest of junior year after six matches, I think, total. That, that, that was kind of a blow. It was on crutches. Luckily for me, the, the ankle was in pieces, but they were still like hovering over each other. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have to have any surgery. We were able to put in a cast. We went through rehab. Came out senior senior year. It was twelve and twelve, bouncing back between JV one and varsity. I went to West Aurora, so the DVC was tough. I had Glenbar North, all the Naperville schools, the Wheaton schools. For some other reason, we we're all good at wrestling. Uh, but uh, as our coach said, we like to beat on the privileged kids because West Aurora wasn't that that high hoity toity like some of those other places. So uh, it was just a really cool experience and. I got out of got out of high school. I was going to Obonsi Community College. I had a private coach who was going to come coach over there too to make sure he stuck with me. 
And I, UFC was getting huge around that time, like a little bit more than normal. Like it was already building and I'm like watching it and I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to strike. I don't want to just wrestle. And I went and found a gym. I tried it out, tried some jujitsu out. My dad's buddies were involved in, in the sport at some point. They were telling me, you got to go learn jujitsu. So I did. The rest was kind of history from there. I knew I that's where I wanted to be. I didn't want to college wrestle. I wanted to do something a little deeper in the sport. Now, it did take me a while. I, uh, I probably trained a good four years before I finally took on a fight, and I felt comfortable and ready to do it. Uh, and it started out pretty strong. I was undefeated beginning, took a a weird split decision lost it to this day. Anyone that watches that fight will tell me straight up. I did not lose that fight, but it is what it is. I've only officially in my mind lost one time via TKO. And that was my final fight before I took a little hiatus for a while. And I just recently came back this past February after a seven year hiatus. So, And you were trained at the Midwest Training Center in Schaubert, correct? Yes, best place around. If uh, anyone out there is looking to really compete, not just go learn jiu-jitsu, not just go do this because they want to lose weight, you're trying to compete, that is the place to go. The best guys around here are going there. We're all working each other hard. Uh, the coach there has a system in play that it just works. We use our wrestling backgrounds. We all learn this stuff, the grappling. It seemed like the perfect place for me. I'm actually – considered the one of the oldest guys there at this point which is kind of funny to say uh seeing as how when i started that I was one of the youngest <laughs> and you've overcome some adversity during your life and your mma career you mentioned the uh kind of being a chunky kid and then breaking your ankle in high school and then uh you had a truck accident that, and then after that people were saying you should retire from mma so tell me a little bit about all that yeah, so I was actually a surveyor for some insurance companies, and on my way to one of them, uh, a truck actually smashed into my passenger side, uh, jarred up my back pretty good. Luckily, I was able to control the steering wheel before getting pushed into uh, another truck coming at me head on. I honestly didn't think anything of it at the time. Uh, I felt fine. I went and finished my work for the day. Car was still drivable. Just it, it was pretty pretty bad, but I was able to move the vehicle. Next day, woke up couldn't move back was screaming in pain uh i went to the doctor found out i had some herniated discs in the l4 l5 s1 area that uh they were just they were protruding out they were herniated and uh we were pinching nerves uh i did almost a year year and a half total of physical therapy and what stinks is right before this truck accident, I was just about to make my comeback after having been gone for personal reasons and to start my family. And when I went to the physical therapy, I didn't tell them I wanted to be better and just to live my life. The physical therapist actually was getting me ready to fight again, which was awesome because I figured if I'm just going through everyday life training and this guy's getting me to be able to function in life, I'm never going to get anywhere. If he's going to function, help me function to fight again then I knew that it was going to be a little bit better for me on that aspect. During that process, though, I had my main doctor, I had family, I had, uh, you know, friends at the time, I had acquaintances that all told me that, I, you know, Matt, you're, you're getting older, you're, you got a family now, what are you, what are you trying to prove? You've done stuff in the sport, you were top ranked, you know, what are we, what are you doing here? And uh, I just kept telling everybody, I, I'm not done. I didn't achieve everything I needed to achieve yet. 
You know, I got my family. I want my family to see me doing this. I want, you know, my kids to be proud of who I am. I want them to see me, uh, their dad fighting and winning and being athletic because I would love for that for them. I mean, if they don't turn out that way, that's fine. But I at least want them something to be proud of, not just some guy just works 24 seven just because I bring home money. So it, it meant a lot to me to, to come back there. And uh, it took a very long time. I think it so it took a year and a half of the physical therapy. I was finally cleared. And uh, when it came to training and to break out of the mental side of it, that I was hurt and that I was fine, that took another year before the training actually got serious. Uh, and my coaches like were just easing me back into everything. We were making sure I wasn't tweaking anything. And this, and so about two and a half year process where I finally was like, all right, I'm back. There's no injuries. We need to go at this full fledge. And when I went back, I'd found out that all my old training partners were gone. All these kids were there. They're all new. And I'm now the veteran at this place. Like I'm the OG. And I'm like, okay, I got to now be a leader and help the next generation do this while also just trying to get myself back into the right mindset of fighting. And it, it was a trip. It was awesome. I miss all of them so much for how they helped me as much as I helped them because nobody at that gym was telling me to quit. Nobody thought I could. They all were encouraging and we still encourage each other this day. Now, was it ever your intent to work your way up to places like UFC or Bellator or were you content at staying local or regional and fighting close to home? I I love the local stuff. It was it was great because you know you got everyone that can come by, everyone come see you. The goal would have been at the time when I was still really gung ho and young before the family started. I wanted to at least make it to the UFC. I didn't need to win a belt. I knew where my level was. I know I could stand up with just about anybody in my weight class that came across me. But at the same time, I was very realistic on where I was in the world and how big the world was. And UFC is the world. Do I still think I can contend with anybody at my weight class uh, and at least make it a good fight? You're darn right. But at the same time, I mean, I really wanted to win a title and I was so close twice to getting that shot. Um, and then the car accident, everything took me out after that. So that would have been nice. Now let's turn the page a little bit. So you went from doomsday during your MMA <laughs> career to the top yes. of the food chain as you moved over to pro wrestling. So what drew you to pro wrestling and the Southland Championship Wrestling School? So I, I still to this day, and it literally popped into my head recently, what actually drew me to pro wrestling? I remember just watching it. I always try to pinpoint, usually I can figure out what got me interested and I cannot find the one specific spot. I remember Flair. I remember Sting. And I remember Hogan Sting at a WCW pay-per-view that I caught. I don't know if this was something my dad was like, hey, come watch this with me. You'll love it. Fa other family did it. I just know I was watching it. I was heavily in on the Goldberg era. And I know a lot of people don't like him because of his wrestling ability. At the time, being a kid – that was awesome to see and to hear. And I wanted that mystique around me as well. So that, that drove me and I took his attitude and how he represented his character. And I made sure to install that in my everyday life. I made sure that in my MMA world, that I was that dominant of a guy. 
I mean, all my fights averaged a minute and a half to two minutes. I never really made it out of the first round. Uh, it was actually cool. The first time I ever had an in-between round talk, I was like, whoa, this is what these are like because I was just bowling over everybody. And I take pride in that. But, uh, you know, I got offici- I got connected with the wrestling there. I own Apex Nutrition in Shorewood. Koa, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Vince Robbins, owns Shorewood Fitness. And I think last summer when I was getting ready for my fights, he's like, dude, I'm getting in back in wrestling. He's like, I know you love it. I've got a school. Let's go. And mind you, the only reason why I've never started pro wrestling at this point, I had no idea where any schools were. I had no idea of these local federations. And then next thing you know, I'm at SCW school on his recommendation, probably took him like nine months almost to get me to go. I'm like, let me finish my fight first. And I hear about all this stuff, POW, Rocket Pro, M- uh, Midwest Championship, uh, CSW. I'm like, where did all these places come from? I was looking for years. Uh, my buddy Billy Wack messaged me in, t- I think when I was 22. He's like, hey, I'm starting a school. You ready? And that was the only time I knew of any school. And I looked at him. I was like, hey, I you know I want to wrestle. I got to see where this MMA thing's going. I'm in the top 10 ranking in the Midwest. I, I have to do this. I have to get rolling. So, you know, fast forward to 30, 33 years old, just getting done with a fight. I think I took one week off the fight and Koa brought me over to SCW. I met Hunter Payne. I met James Creed. I met Terry Allen. And uh, those guys have really taken me under their wing along with some of the other candidates there who, I mean, these guys work. And then I came in and everyone's just like, dude, you look like a natural. I'm like, I'm just, you tell me what to do. I'm going to do it. <laughs> like that's, that's how my mind works. So um, it was, it was almost purely by accident, but as a, a younger, but now it was like a perfect storm of just the right time, the right people bringing me around and uh, being eager to learn and understanding how business works being already being in front of crowds helped. Yeah. That was just at the start of this year, right? We went down. To uh, yes. <laughs> my fight was February 24th. I started training February 28th and uh, I have not stopped since. So who at the school do you most often roll around with and who do you learn the most from? Hunter, Hunter Payne is the one I learned the most from being the head instructor. I really pay attention to James Creed a lot. I see in a, in a respectful way. I want to be in the ring with him. I've already said it before. I think my dream title match would be to him have a belt somewhere and then me and him going at it just because I have such a high respect for him. JPH is over there with me. He's one of my main training partners when we're not uh, feuding. He, uh, I've been working recently with Bennett Vargas, SCW, uh, Schultz, uh, who's been uh, popping around all over the place. I mean, he's a champion where he's gone. Uh, so these are some like really good guys. BJ Price is a really close friend. Johnny Chaos of SCW. He's He kind of only started six months, I think, before me uh, in training. So we have been kind of parallel to each other, which is awesome. It's nice when you got guys like that to motivate you and uh, helping motivate some of the other guys that are coming up a- as well. Now, is there anyone in pro wrestling from when you watched when you were younger or to now that influenced you and your style? 
Goldberg was one of my biggest ones. I've taken a lot from from him on that. You start to notice Batista coming out a little bit more of me. I have been referred to as a much smaller version of Brock Lesnar uh, that is not that big and not that strong, but the athleticism and the ability to use that amateur background that I do have does play a lot in there, as well as the technician ability of like Chris Benoit and Daniel Bryan. I like the the grappling side of everything. And with my jiu-jitsu background, it really plays a toll. Uh, and you see it all the time with me. So there's, there's a lot of guys that have influenced me. It's just that aura of Bill that really got going. You know, I'd love to be like an Austin type rock type guy, but I mean, uh, what is it? 10 months now, eight months now, I, I got a long way to go. So let's see where this character really goes. And one of your signature maneuvers is total annihilation, this ripcord spear that you do. <laughs> but it's different from most other spears that I've seen. You kind of pull your opponent into you, and then you deliver the move. So how did you come up with that? So I was just coming up with my own moves. I think I was like three weeks in, and I was like, I want to do something cool. And I'm like, all right, everyone does this ripcord, right? And I kept watching the ripcord to the knee. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, could that work with me in my MMA background? I was like, well, what if I – what if I do this and instead of that, we spear him like kind of like a bully double because in MMA and wrestling, that bully double is powerful and you're right there in front of him. So I'm like, there's got to be a way I can modify this and get a full extension of his body and mine. I got long arms, so it kind of is beneficial because I can really stretch out of there. And as he's coming back in, just hit him with that spear and I'm right there for the pin. It seems to work out. When I described the move, I was told – and there's probably not going to work. That's not going to look cool. Um, then when I performed it for the first time, everyone's mouth dropped. And like, what was that? I'm like, I don't know. Did I just come up with the move? Because <laughs> I kind of like it. Uh, and the, the ripcord spear was born in training from there. The idea is to be super impactful for my size, but also be able to hit a move on anybody. I wanted, I had the idea of, Randy Orton's RKO, where anybody can hit it and you can hit it out of nowhere. I wanted kind of a move the same way, where I could hit this on anybody, it didn't matter who you were, and I can literally just pull this out of my butt and make sure that it can be used. So the ripcord spear, the RCS, total annihilation. You know, we've we've been trying to make sure there's like a cool name for it. I I love total annihilation. I think it's great because so far no one's kicked out of it, and I don't ever plan on having anybody kick out of it. And there's that Goldberg influence too with the spear. Hey, yep, there you go too. I mean, you gotta. I wouldn't be a Goldberg fan if I didn't have a spear. <laughs> now, this is a question I've always wanted to ask of an MMA guy breaking into pro wrestling. So, mm-hmm. thinking of people like Ken Shamrock and Bobby Lashley being well versed in MMA, do you find it difficult to hold back at all while you're doing strikes in a pro wrestling setting? Yes. It is the scariest thing for me because I know what my hands can do. I know what my legs can do. I know what happens when I use them at full power. So when I'm trying to make a wrestler's work punch a little bit more, it's either I'm going full out and you're going to get hit or I'm pulling it. And next thing you know, I'm getting yelled at because it just doesn't look good. And you could tell it's, I hate saying the word it's fake. Like, you don't, I don't want that to be fake. This Mm -hmm. is not, there's nothing about this is fake as much as anyone likes to say it. It's just a predetermined outcome, and we're all athletes trying to keep each other safe at the same time. So learning MMA, uh, learning to wrestling work punches over MMA punches, 
I think I, I hate to say it. I, I talk all the time. We have Warren C. Freiberg, who was a former high voltage champion from SCW. Uh, I worked with him one time in a striking practice and I pulled the punch. I landed with my bottom two knuckles instead of my top two knuckles, which is opposite of a fighter does. And I connected on the side of his jaw and he says that thing hurt for three weeks and I pulled it. And I, I was like, dude, he goes, the scary thing is I know you pulled that punch. I'm like, yeah. All right. So we got to be more careful. It's a, definitely a transitional period. The The benefit for like a Lesnar and a, a Bobby Lashley is they were in the wrestling business first. So mm-hmm. they learned those things to where Shamrock. Now, he was the dangerous one for a reason because yeah. he was a legit fighter, then came into pro wrestling and, and did it that way. Uh, Matt Riddle, legit fighter, yeah. came into wrestling. And it takes a lot of time to learn and break down the mechanic of knocking out your opponent compared to, okay, we're working together here. Let's make this look cool. So how do you think you've adapted in this transition from MMA to pro wrestling and how much of your MMA skills have you incorporated into your moveset? The transition over has actually been really good. I think I've adapted quite well to adding in some of that style. Um, You can see it in my matches that I try to, I'll tap into that amateur style. Uh, I feel like I have one of the cleanest headlock takeovers in the business. It's from the years of MMA. It's from years of wrestling. I've got, uh, I've been able to use the arm drag style. And it's one of my favorite moves. I think it's one of the cleanest moves I do. And it's just you, because I've learned the body mechanics of how to roll, uh, the bumping was probably one of the easier transitions once you learn the proper spot. But at the same time, I'm not afraid to hit the mat. I'm used to another, you know, 150, 170 pound guy slamming me down with no regard for my safety because he's just trying to get his moves in. So it's a nice transition on that aspect is like, hey, we're no one's trying to kill each other. But, you know, accents happen, and I think the conditioning helped me transition a little easier uh, because, I, you know, I can go longer in, in a wrestling match without getting tired, can handle pain a little bit more. If, you know, if you strike me, I'm probably not going to complain or be angry because you're a little too stiff. It's just stuff that I'm used to. I've actually had to tell a couple guys to go ahead and lay it in a little harder. It's fine. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried about you, about you hitting me, man. It's okay. I think I have been low-blowed five months in a row now in a, in a match. And I think the streak goes since my debut, I have been kicked in the face at least once every show. Yeah. Now your SCW in-ring career has been probably about five, six months at this point, right? I started June. Yes. June okay. 24th was my debut against Odinson, the berserker, a uh, huge honor since he was on his way out retiring. Mm-hmm. I was his last singles match, uh, which was a huge honor for me. And then you've had a few matches since then. And in October, you took part in the Steam Hollow Broommaster Championship Tournament. You beat El Dorado before falling to Irish car bomb Sean Mulligan in the semifinals. And then he ended up winning the championship. So that kind of uh, leaves a little taste in your mouth like, oh, you were that close to maybe winning that title. So uh, is that a goal for you in the near future? Uh, my I, my championship journey started in September for WrestleTopia, and I told everybody that I have never been called champion. I've been called many things. Champion has not been one of them yet. So I'm starting that journey, and since then, I have been close to a couple first-time championships. Uh, we had the Nick Huffman 
uh, honorary battle royal that night uh, at WrestleTopia. I was uh, one of the last three. I uh, had no idea that Tommy Gunn, uh, our referee, normally was still in the match. And I was unfortunately low blowed by Warren C. Freiburg. And uh, he tossed me over the ropes and uh, Tommy got the victory there. You know, Sean Mulligan coming back and uh, taking me out in the second round of the Brewmasters tournament, being one win away from being in the finals to that one. It's a, it's a tough taste. I know he's been in this business a long time, so I respect him. He showed me a huge amount of respect after the match, and I'm glad I earned his. But I'm not done yet. I, I told the champs at SCW that uh, they were all on notice as I keep ascending through these ranks. You know, I told Turtle, he's the currently the high voltage champion, that uh, I'm coming for that belt. I'm, I'm going to have a belt soon. And I'm going to make sure that everybody understands that why I call myself the top of the food chain. Because it's not just me saying it, it's a proven fact. Now, you've been in the ring with some big time dudes over these last couple of months. JPH, you mentioned, he had a match with him a few months back. And Scott Spade, former SCW champion, former power entertainment champion, and he's just old school as it gets. So what was it like to be in the ring with either one of those guys? So Jordan Jordan was part of the reason why I actually signed up at SCW, and not many people knew that story. I was uh, visiting Koa's match back at uh, one year ago, actually, uh, this month, and he was very disrespectful to me. And uh, I knew that when I needed to show up at the performance center to start training and I told him I, I was eventually going to wrestle him and I was going to beat him. Uh, I was going to show him the respect that he didn't, sh he, uh, that he needed to show me. And it wound up being my second main match was against, was against Jordan. He had just come back from his casket match. Apparently uh, I, I watched him get locked in that thing. And apparently he stuck in there for three months and no one told me that the casket at the, at the performance center still had Jordan still in there. I don't even know how he's alive to be honest, but he, he survived somehow made it out, came out and you know, the man had to low blow me just to beat me. So I, I saw that as a huge thing. Mulligan, while he did beat me, I had been injured earlier in that night against El Dorado from a power slam. That man hurt my ribs. Uh, a, that was a big guy. To know that it took one man a dirty tactic to beat me, it took Mulligan an injury uh, to finally put me away when I was this close to getting him to submit for the first time in his career. And then even Scott Spade, this past uh, match, I went against him. I, you know, He wants to deny it, but uh, I felt that chain hit the side of my head. And it, it just shows that even three on one still needed to cheat to, to take me down. In a way, it's an honor. In a way, it's it's a little bit of a blemish on my record I don't like. And let's talk a little bit about coming up on Saturday, December the 16th. SCW presents Christmas Bash at the Steam Hollow Brewery. It'll be the final show ever at that venue in Mantino. The bell time is 6.30, so... Apex, tell me a little bit about some of the matches in action on this show coming up. So, so far, uh, we have already debuted three matches. Uh, we have our women's championship match. Uh, Angel is actually going to be taking on Shauna Reed. So it's awesome to see her coming back in. She's back here with us in August. Uh, it was supposed to be at WrestleTopia. Unfortunately, uh, due to circumstances, she wasn't able to make it. So uh, that'll be a good one. I've got a, a, you know, Acid Jazz versus Benny Vargas is the other match that they've announced. 
I'm honestly rooting for acid jazz on this one. I wrestled Benny Vargas last month and the high voltage card. And right when I was getting ready to put him away, he low blows me. So uh, it shows the character he has and he still likes to tell everyone he hits the hardest. Well, I guess when you hit the right spots, you can take out anybody. Uh, and then um, a big tag team championship match. Uh, Dysfunctions put in their titles on the line against a team of Beat Hooks and Sean Mulligan. So the Brewmaster champion hoping to become a double champ, which is awesome. We do have some uh, appearances as well. It has been announced that uh, Marcin Rocket is going to be making his SCW. I think someone said return. So yeah. it's been a while. I'm not super familiar with the back history of all SCW, but it's awesome to hear that you know he was part of this uh, lineage and this family. He's coming back in to show us uh, as well then as the Monster 747 is coming on in. I don't know who he's facing, but he'll be making his SCW view. I've seen some of his stuff. That's a very, very big man. I fear for anybody that has to go against him. And then this will be the contract signing for the big championship match. Uh, I believe supposed to happen in January between James Creed and the champ, Aaron Xavier. They'll be doing the contract signing for that one. Unfortunately, we had to lose our president in uh, Terry Allen uh, to make this match happen. I'm, I'm rooting for James. Not only just because I would love to face him for the belt at some point, but uh, if, uh, Exa- if Aaron Xavier wins, he gets to choose uh, SCW's new president. And uh, that is uh, that is a little terrifying to me. So check out Christmas Bash this Saturday night, the 16th, 6.30 at Steam Hollow Brewing Company in Mantino. Should be a fun night. Kind of a bittersweet night as well as that venue is closing down. But they've yes. had some great SCW shows over the past few years there. Yeah, get on out there, guys. I will be on the card. My opponent has yet to be named. At the end of the day, it's going to be the same thing as it always is, and it's going to be me uh, standing there with my hand raised uh, against against whoever it is. So. so you've been a pro wrestler for nearly a year, counting the few months you spent training before you had your first match. So what are some of your short-term and long-term goals? Well, I my long-term goal is to be champ. I would love to make it somewhere large i know nwa is starting territories again i honestly i hope a territory comes by here the roster talent that they have is phenomenal uh aew is got some of my top guys in there i'm a huge john moxley fan i would love to share a ring with him uh back when me and my uh, two best friends called ourselves the shield we mox was my representation it was kind of weird because our mannerisms matched uh, tremendously when he was Ambrose, uh, <laughs> which is a little crazy. But I mean, everyone wants to. I'm, you know, I'm in my late 30s or mid 30s, should I say. I'm starting to have my clock run out of how much longer I'll be in athletic prime. Uh, I would love to make it to the WWE, whether it be a dark match, something. Let me get that crowd just hear it one time, uh, hear my music play be able to walk down that ramp and just soak it all in. That would be a huge long-term goal for me. Um, And, you know, if it winds up working out, let's get signed. Let's keep going from there. I like to continue goals after I finish one goal to make it the next goal. So the goal is to get there first for that opportunity and then to keep going from there. Now that you're kind of ingrained in pro wrestling, is there a chance that you might go back to MMA or even kind of like maybe do an MMA fight every so often while you're still doing wrestling? So I have not officially retired yet from the MMA world. 
So I'm, I consider myself semi-retired right now because I have not trained all year since the fight. I literally jumped right into pro wrestling training and uh, I've let that take over because I wanted to soak in as much as I can. Originally, I came in this to see if, if this was going to be something I stuck with. I did not expect to take off the way I did uh, to, to to just feel so natural doing it. And there is always a chance to come back. Some of my, my teammates fought this weekend and uh, I have an itch to step back in there. But as I told them, I don't have the itch to cut the weight to make it back mm-hmm. right now. I'm enjoying the training I'm getting. I'm enjoying the fact that I get to eat what I want uh, within reason, of course. And I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that I do get a little bit more time with the family because when you're, when you're training for a fight, it's six days a week, sometimes seven nonstop as a pro wrestler, you know, you got, I got my guarantee two days. I lift six days a week and you know, I fill in, in the gaps in between when available, but there is always a chance. I did say at my last fight, I was not ready to fight until I got a, a title opportunity. And I still, I came in back this past February and I was already top ranked in the lightweight division after that victory. So it could just be a weight class change, but I definitely have the the itch and the want to still get back there. All right, Apex, go ahead and share your social media, whatever merchandise you might have, if you have any yet, and upcoming events. So merchandise is coming, everybody. I promise you on that one. Guys, pro, pro wrestler underscore Apex is my Instagram. You can follow me on there. Uh, my Facebook is The Apex. Since apparently they will not let me just have the name Apex. It's too close to a very long word that didn't make any sense to me. But that's cool, Facebook. I got you. Um, but uh, we do have we have those. As I said, I'm working on merchandise right now. My first line of shirts will be coming out very soon. We'll either probably put them on Pro Wrestling Tees and I'll have some of the events as well. Or if you just reach out to me on that social media, once the shirts are debuted, we can definitely get you shirts sent to you guys. That's awesome. Future events. As of right now, I'm booked through SCW uh, for all their shows. I will be hopefully debuting in POW uh, this coming year. I've also talked to interest of, I would love to do ARW. AAW Pro would be a cool one to go to. Uh, we seeing as how I know Koa and everything over there. And I know uh, I would love to try out for NWA sometime in the next year uh, as well. So I do have plans to finally expand out a little bit more. SCW is still going to be my home. This is the place that got me started. This is the place that we are growing into something where all these other indie wrestlers are trying to get to now. Uh, so we are making some waves. I want to keep it that way. So I know also with the talent there that is Jordan, JPH, and James Creed, it's definitely where I need to go. And there's so many new guys coming up. I can't even name them all. So. Apex, thank you very much for coming on Windy City Slam Podcast. We'll be watching your career very closely. Thank you for having me, guys. Hope to see you all out there on December 16th uh, watching me do what I do and watching a really good show. Uh, let's pack that Steam Hollow Brewery for their final SCW show, and let's drink all their booze. <laughs> Fun conversation with Apex and It was really, really cool to talk to a guy who has transitioned from an MMA career to a professional wrestling career and some of the things he kind of had to do when he became a wrestler. And 
you know, trying to pull back punches and stuff like that. Really, really cool insight from Apex. And I'm very excited to see where his career goes in the next couple of years as he is a fast rising star in the land of SCW. All right, next week, as we come toward the end of the year in Chicagoland Wrestling, we welcome for the first time former POW Entertainment Commissioner and now the manager of the fearsome faction, The Reckoning, which includes POW Midwest Champion Acid Jazz, Mr. Chris Hedford. You can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.